people know you, people respect you, and then you're going to a space where no one knows you and you, and you don't know what the future holds. I mean, mm-hmm. when I came to SA, uh, the first few months, I tried to, you know, other than being at college, get into something in media and that wasn't working. And so I ended up being a waiter at a, at a spur restaurant for like a year and a half. Wow. You know, when you <laughs> you join, you're shadowing people to learn this stuff. And I made sure I, I went to a spur where I didn't think any Zambians would, <laughs> would <Wow>. come through. <laughs> Because I thought this is going to be weird, you know, they yeah. come in and they, aren't you like one of our top DJs in our country? Like, no, <laughs> anyway, I, just, bring... I look like him though, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but bring me a steak meanwhile. You know? <laughs> medium, medium rare. Like... <laughs> so, you know, I, I so it, it wasn't easy in, in, other, in other words. It was almost like you're starting from scratch. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, through trial and tribulation, there was a destination and uh, yeah, one thing led to another and uh, I suppose here we are. Day. Welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishibani and I'm your host doing the absolute most on this platform where we come yet again to have the conversations and discussions about things that matter. Conversations with everyday Africans doing extraordinary things about the issues that plague our continent. Today, though, we're going to just be getting to know a legend. Even before we had this conversation started, uh, we spoke about how he's not just a relic, but an antique. Very, very <laughs> valued, special, and um, you you're getting a glimpse of the voice that I'm speaking about here. A lot of people don't know him, uh, what he looks like, but if you know, you know. And you would hear his voice across so many sensational advertising campaigns. We're talking Roman's Pizza, Multi-Choice. Listen, the list goes on, and I would love to hear it from the man himself. His name is Mr. Chilu Lemba. Thank you so much for joining me today. What a, what an intro, Sakina. Thank you so much. Listen, this coming from you... <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, can, no, no, no. We can end the podcast here. Is it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for for inviting me. And how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. It's a Wednesday, so you know we over the the Monday slow sluggish start, and mm-hmm. now we into midweek busyness. So yeah, no, the day is going well. It's just very hot in Joburg at the moment. I'm not sure what's going on in Pretoria as well. Wow. Yeah, it's it's another pandemic on its own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to adjust to the heat and everything. I I must say though, I'm still a summer baby. I still prefer the heat uh, to the cold. I'm so sorry. Really? It's always an unpopular opinion. But that's just I'm, me. I'm, I'm just waiting. I've got my winter clothes ready. You Are know? you serious? I'm, I'm so I'm so over this <laughs> this season. But you know, I can really, <laughs> I can owner, wait. I Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but today is yeah. all about you and getting to understand, okay. you know, the mind and the heart behind the voice, right? Um, like I said, mm. a lot of people don't know your face. Even I was just like, his voice is so cool, and I keep hearing it. That means there's <laughs> something about this man, um, that people are seeing and that people are picking up. And there's something yeah. about his professionalism. There's something about his experience and his expertise. And I think, yeah, it was it was about time. I was like, listen, I'm gonna do my bit to to bring his face to 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 the Thank people you. so that people can know um a little bit more about you. 
Um, I appreciate it. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Again, I'm going to be a little bit starstruck here and there because flipping hell, like I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just I'm just your average Joe, you know. Like I'm I'm a guy who you see this base that that now you're enamored by and and many people are. Mm-hmm. They don't know that when it clocks like midnight, that same base is snoring and keeping <laughs> my whole household awake. So, wow. So I'm a regular, <laughs> sometimes annoying kind of guy. You know? I can I can imagine. I can. Imagine. <laughs> no, I I discovered that this voice had a face when I stumbled across um stumbled upon rather um Key Africans Unlocked, which is your podcast, oh, yes. uh, a yeah. podcast that you host uh, alongside Zubs, and yeah. I was actually quite captivated because I was like, flip, like a lot of the artists, a lot of the creatives in the industry actually have a lot more going for them than just yeah. the the arts or the craft that they you know they, they're not just two-dimensional mm. human beings they're not just faces of this or voices of that um can you tell us a little bit about how that began and like what was just the idea and and the purpose behind yeah, that yeah, absolutely right sakina a lot of uh, people especially within my industry that i interact with uh, these days when you start kind of chipping away at the the story from from the start, mm-hmm. you realize that a bunch of them had different ambitions and different dreams. So uh, the one that kind of is is pretty common is musicians. Yes, we have people who started out in that realm, and then maybe for one reason or the other, they discovered that they're good at something else, and then they they segued or they pivoted into that. So in in my story i started out initially trying to figure out what i wanted to do i used to be passionate about music uh, particularly rap music in the early 90s late 80s Mm -hmm. before it it blew up and became mainstream and i used to write rap i used to record rap on my little tapes at home and stuff so my my vision at the time was okay i'm doing all right at school but i have ambitions to to release you know rap records like my mm-hmm. heroes at the time you know the ll cool j's of the world the, yes uh, cool c's there's a guy called cool c's and he's apparently on death row right now you know wow he, his, his ambition was was to be a rapper then he you know later on he committed crime and whatnot mm-hmm. but anyway then I, I i digress so so that was my my thing and then later on i came across a brochure which had career options particularly in the u.s and and i started falling in love with international relations and diplomacy mm-hmm. and i thought as soon as i'm done with school that's the route i'm gonna take but then one thing led to another and i didn't actually complete grade 12 or or matric as they call it uh, in south africa mm-hmm. uh, because school fees were rocket high and you know my dad was having financial challenges we were at a very expensive school so we we were pulled back and told that you know at some point would be taken back into the school but that never happened so in essence uh, options that are opened up to you based on the fact that you got an academic qualification those were closed you mm-hmm. know in in the blink of an eye and and so i started you know interacting with the rap community in lusaka trying to organize shows and doing that kind of thing and growing the network and still in line with my dream to 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 be a rapper and we enjoyed you know a bit of, bit of success we did some things that are considered historic now yes um but then after some time you know it wasn't making money i was getting frustrated and then as fate would have it there's a radio station that opened its doors um it was the first commercial privately owned radio station in zambia called radio phoenix and when they opened i was right in there as one of the the pioneering presenters and that led you know to a, a number of things me doing voiceover 
was birthed from from that connection me mm-hmm. doing mcs at mcing rather at events that was birthed from there so so me being at the right place at the right time in 1996 when radio phoenix opened i suppose was the gateway to all these other opportunities that came about and um here we are in 2023 and uh, i'm still i suppose enjoying that wave wow and i'm sorry i, I got lost in your voice there <laughs> <laughs> Please come back, Sakina. Uh, I have returned. Recalibrate. I'm, <laughs> I'm back. But that that was that was a very interesting journey. I think my question next is going to be: Did you realize that you had a voice? Did you realize that you had a special voice? Or rapping is more about the lyrics and and the flow yeah. and everything. But but yeah. did you then have a sense of okay, maybe my voice is you know like did you did you know were you aware of that? So maybe I can uh, start from here and then go backwards because now I'm comfortable with my voice. Now it's tamed. Now I have kind of um, have figured out how to use it with the help mm-hmm. of many directors and stuff on various jobs. But back then it was, you know, when, when I was maybe in my early teens, uh, because of the fact that I, I used to love rapping, when people would respond to me performing, I always used to link it to what you said, to to the lyrics or whatever. And yes. it never occurred to me that there's a voice element which is also in there making things happen until mm-hmm. I started. I think the first guy who said, I've got a nice voice, I stand corrected, but I think it was one of my friends named Ryan Glazy, mm-hmm. who used to be in a rap group with me. And okay, I thought okay, that's an interesting comment. And then yeah. later on, being at boarding school, and you know, you you have to at boarding school go through a lot of you know insecurities and, and all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. there's some guys who are athletic, there's some guys who are good at you know academic achievements and all these other kind of things. So you have to find your pocket. And I used to kind of milk that rap thing, but then after a while, you start hearing the the girls at the school. Oh, Chile's got a nice voice, and all that. <laughs> so you start thinking, okay, so that's my my little that's, corner of cool. Yeah. And and then I had this conversation a couple of days ago with some friends of mine when Boys to Men came out and they had that guy Michael who used to be the bass guy who used mm-hmm. to to speak in the songs. Uh, then we're like, yeah, now it's cool to have a, a a big voice because Michael with with the cane that he had with his fashion sensibilities and all that. Yeah, like, yeah. So so it's cool to have a, 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 a you know nice voice. And so I think that's when I started you know realizing that that could be something. And then there was a, a radio presenter called Mike Tabor, who mm-hmm. used to be on radio back in Zambia. And he had a deep voice. And I used to imitate him because, uh, you know, he'd go like, the clock on the rock, time's the time at yeah. 1533. <laughs> and, you know, he had that, that thing. So I used to mimic him. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, generally, I should just kind of seal it and say, by the time I think I was about 15 or so, uh, I realized that there was something in it, even though, in all honesty, I didn't know that you could make money off your voice as a voiceover artist. I didn't even know such a field existed until much later. So when did that then happen? When did that transition or, or the end to your rap career begin? Was it when you, you started working at the radio station or was it when you discovered that, okay, listen, I can actually start making money off of this voice? I think there's a mishmash of stories. So let me try and maybe make it neat because now I'm also <laughs> like you wondering, like, how, how did that happen? When did no, that, you well, know? Yeah. So so the, the thing with with rap is in about 1995, Alan Vula, who was like my rap partner at the time, he was called MC Suicide. And he was already famous in, in Zambia. He kind of took me under his wing and I was like his understudy, but I used to write his music. Mm-hmm. And so we put out this song called Zambia Moto, which was a huge hit and huge because 
it was the first song on radio that had vernacular lyrics uh, mixed with English. Okay. Um, and so it blew up and, you know, we were getting um, invited to perform at Spaces. But everyone thought it was Alan's song. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it would be like, that's a song on radio by Alan Vula and a friend of his. You know? wow. <laughs> so I was the friend of his. You know? <laughs> that started eating up with me. Um, and I think even though Alan and I were close, that I think was marking the end of, of, of me really feeling comfortable in that partnership, you mm-hmm. know, with, with the way that that partnership was tilted um, and, and wasn't, there was no equilibrium happening. And so I, I was kind of looking for an out, I think, subconsciously. And when the radio station opened in, in January 96, it was almost like, okay, let me close that chapter and get into this chapter, which is a money-making thing as a radio presenter. But yes. then it just so happened that the person that owned the radio station, a gentleman named Errol Hickey, he was a very successful businessman. He, he had done like some things in the past, which, which were um, memorable. And, and, you know, he opened up a nightclub on the 22nd floor of a, of a skyscraper in Zambia. He mm-hmm. was the first guy to have like a fried chicken uh, business and all that kind of stuff. But he was also a voiceover artist and he had been doing uh, like some iconic ads from the time that I was in primary school. So naturally, when we went into his radio station and uh, at that time he wasn't really looking to do voiceovers, he had to find guys that could do uh, voiceovers at the radio station. Yes. And so they started kind of, you know, auditioning the presenters. And I just happened to be among the group that were, you know, pushed for different ads. And I didn't even realize at the time, because you're intimidated by, you know, the legendary Errol Hickey. Mm-hmm. So you don't think that, you know, you're, you're really good. But when he starts calling you back for bigger jobs and he's paying you, you know, big money from his pocket sometimes, which was yeah. weird. He, he, sometimes, you know, you do a job, then he just pulls out a wad of cash from his <laughs> pocket. Then you realize, okay, there's, some, there's something here. And, and then I started taking it more seriously. And... That imposter syndrome that I'm talking about, where you mm. kind of uh, wonder whether you're good at something, that takes years before you're comfortable and you feel like you belong mm-hmm. um, in any field. And so I was making money. I was feeling like I'm, I'm you know, getting good at it. But I think like in, any other person who's just human, I had imposter syndrome for a while. But uh, yeah, when the big check started coming in and, and the repeat business started happening, I was like, okay, this is, this is my thing then. So when did you end up making the move to South Africa? In 1999, at the beginning of 99, by that time, I'd done quite a few things in Zambia. So by that time, I was um, not only a radio presenter, I was the acting station manager at the same radio station. Mm -hmm. I was about 22 years old. I I was like MC at Miss Zambia. There were just a lot of things happening which were making me feel like I was doing a good thing. Yes. But then that little thing about me not completing uh, grade 12, Mm -hmm. high school, matric, whatever you want to call it, was eating at me. And so I started uh, low-key searching for an institution where I could plug myself into. And the AAA School of Advertising in Johannesburg ended up being that place. Mm -hmm. And so I got accepted in late 98 and i told my my bosses that i was resigning i was going to pursue education in south africa and so that's how the move happened um in january 99 i enrolled and three years later i graduated so now my question is right you said you were doing quite well for yourself at the time and many people are like listen I'm making the money, I'm known, you know, I'm building up this this career path and everything is practically going well for me, you know, coming from where I come from, things are looking up. Why did yeah. you find it important to still go back to school? 
I'm just trying to find the connect because a yeah. lot of us are like, listen, if I can make it without the school, it's great. But I, I just want to understand yeah. what value did you find in going back and getting that education despite everything that you already had going for you? So I think what happens with all of us is we get voices that speak into our lives and voices that help us to kind of, you know, realize where we are in life. And so mm-hmm. I, I had, uh, you know, my mom on one side who would uh, obviously kind of still encourage me to to pursue the education route. I mean, she went back to do, I think it was a diploma mm-hmm. when she was in her 40s, if I remember correctly. And I had my uncle, Dr. Lemba, who's a lecturer at the University of Zambia, also in my ear and, and other people, you know. So I kind of knew that that's something that would help because even though I was the, the acting station manager at Radio Phoenix and, and I was doing all these other things, you could see that you, you, you're limited in terms of your trajectory and, yes. and where you can get to. And also the environment at some point, you kind of feel in certain spaces, you can feel that I'm overstaying my welcome because I've reached the peak of any field that I've been pushed into. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what's the next step? And at that point, it just so happened that I was doing a lot of work on radio in Zambia, but for mm-hmm. multi-choice South Africa. So when they'd have events and things of that nature, they'd rope me in, like, you know, Face of Africa. They'd rope me in to do publicity and to, to MC some of the events linked to it. There was a show called Rock Down Africa, which was mm-hmm. a music show. And when the guys who presented it from South Africa would come to Zambia, I'd be like one of the people who would be charged with um, kind of like showing people around and that kind yeah. of thing. So I started being exposed to to South Africa and how the industry was, uh, you know, a bit, if, if I'm honest, <laughs> levels above the industry that I was operating in. And so mm-hmm. that kind of started making me realize that, you know, if, if I want to firstly learn how to play at a high level, then I need to be plugged into a school in a market that plays at that high level. And so that's one of the things that was attracting me to study in SA. And also just the desire to kind of uproot yourself and and start something new. And it's Mm -hmm. not an easy decision because like I say, you're riding a wave where people know you, people respect you. And then you're going to a space where no one knows you and you you don't know what the future holds. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I came to SA uh, the first few months, I tried to you know, other than being at college, get into something in media and that wasn't working. And so I ended up being a waiter at a, at a spur restaurant for like a year and a half. Wow. You know, when you you join, you're shadowing people to learn this stuff. And I made sure I, I went to a spur where I didn't think any Zambians would, would wow. come through. <laughs> Because I thought this is going to be weird, you know. Yeah. They come in and they, Aren't you like one of our top DJs in our country? Like, no, <laughs> anyway, I, just, bring... I look like him though, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but bring me a steak meanwhile. You know? <laughs> medium, medium rare. Like... <laughs> so, you know, I, I, so it, it wasn't easy, in, in, other, in other words. It was almost like you're starting from scratch. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, through trial and tribulation, there was a destination and uh, yeah, one thing led to another. And uh, I suppose here we are. So what kept you anchored throughout this entire journey? Because I take it also, given the time that you began the voiceover industry, of course, we always had ads and everything, but or for the yeah. longest time we've had those, but I take it it was, it was still in its infancy, if I can say it that way. So like yeah. what kept you grounded? Because you're literally one of the people that were discovering like uncharted land. What kind of direction did you have or what propelled you or like how did you find your bearing through all that? Yeah. So the good thing is in in South Africa, the voiceover industry has been solid for many years. The agency that I eventually ended up signing with, uh, they're called Intertalent. I think they were established in 1979. Okay. And so, 
even in Zambia, if I think about Errol Hickey and, and uh, what the stuff that they were doing, they were doing that in, in the 80s. So even though it feels like the, the realm of voiceover is, is recent and, and that kind of thing, I think a huge part of it is social media because mm-hmm. now we're able to, to plug, you know, to go into to Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and, and see a whole world of people doing things and, and we're exposed to it uh, in a way that's never been done before. So there were these systems that I just kind of had to, to get into. The challenge with me when I came to SA and, and tried to get into the voiceover space was that at the time, I don't know if it's a, it's a protect your turf mechanism that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, by default in, in a lot of companies. I'd call, you know, agencies and they'd be like, no, we've already got somebody who does the American accent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is not an American accent. Because <laughs> when I when I go to the US, guys are, where are you from? Because it's yeah. definitely not an American accent. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there were just roadblocks and roadblocks and people not um, freely given the opportunity. And so that's why I, I went into doing tables at, at, at the spur because it just wasn't happening. But mm-hmm. then much later on, I suppose serendipity and God, there was an agency called Intertalent. And so what had happened, if I give you this little backstory, I'll, I'll try and keep it under two minutes. <laughs> I was I was acting at church, you know, like they had a drama group. So I joined mm-hmm. the drama group at uh, Rayma Bible Church. And there was an Easter production that was going to happen. And so I was acting as, I've forgotten, one of those guys in the, in the Easter scene. Yes. I, I forget his name. And it's funny because during the time that I was acting, the people in my group used to call me by that name. They didn't know I'm Chilu. Now they started calling me by the character name. Anyway, uh, that's besides the story. So I, <laughs> I, I did this, 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 I was part of this play. Uh, among the people who were in that play were guys who are now doing okay as well, like Lee Kasumba uh, and wow. uh, Faye Peters, who later became a, a huge actress. But we did that play. And the person that was directing the play is a lady called Dawn. She used to be a choreographer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the play ended, she got in touch with me and said, I've got this production I'm doing and it needs a voice. So are you you know, keen to, to it's a, like a corporate production, but we'll pay you, I think it was like a silly amount. Uh, but I didn't know, you know, because at the time when you're a waiter and you're broke, you somebody just, says to you 100 rand, you're like, let's in. go, <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. So anyway, I, I get to Pretoria to the studio where I'm meant to record this thing. And I went by using public transport and I remember I was running late. And so I, I at some point tried to catch the next uh, minibus taxi. I jumped over a fence and ripped my jeans. Wow. <laughs> so I get to this place looking disheveled and, you know, yeah. ripped jeans to the studio. And uh, I record this thing and they're like, wow, this is great. So the people who owned the production, a guy called Blake, I'm told he's since passed away, and his wife, uh, Renelle. They gave me a lift back to Joburg and were chatting and it turns out they knew like Paul D'Souza, who's the guy who used to direct Miss Zambia when I was emceeing it. Whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we became friends, basically. And after they dropped me off, next day or a couple of days later, I get a call and they say, at the actual production, they want me to stand on stage and lip sync the lines that I recorded. And would I be game? And then they'd pay me some, you know, a bit more. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm game. So I rehearsed the stuff, you know, I did the lip syncing. There was a big table with my name on it where I sat. And then after the event, or during the event rather, they gave a CD to every person in the room. And that CD had like the credits, you know, executive producer, Blake, whatnot, voiceover, Mm -hmm. Mm Chinulemba. So I took that CD, I'm sure I've still got it somewhere. 
and I made a photocopy and that's what I took to Intertalent to try and get signed. I said, mm -hmm. this is me. This is the work that I do. This is my CD. And I left it. And then they called me and told me that they're signing me. But here's now the interesting part about serendipity. The lady that owned Intertalent, her name is Nolene. Nolene was classmates with Blake. So she saw his name wow. on the credits on the CD. And that's what piqued her interest. And that's why she listened to the CD. Otherwise, maybe it would have just gone into a pile. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's how I, I got connected to Intertalent. So that's kind of, you know, the journey. But then you asked what kept me grounded during that time. And if I think back, it was probably, you know, I was very, at the time, I suppose, I should just say spiritual. Mm -hmm. I, was, uh, I felt like I was very close to God back then. And I, I'd have conversations and listen to music by Rich Mullins when I was discouraged. Uh, mm -hmm. Like great artists, you know, and, and things like that. Then also uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, every time I'd be like, no, this is not working in South Africa. Let me get back to Zambia. She'd keep me grounded and, and mm -hmm. you know, speak some sense into me. So I think those are the forces that kept me with my head straight. Yes. And like how much has the industry changed since then? We've already spoken a little bit about how social media has revolutionized it yeah. and, you know, made things easier. But looking back on almost three decades of mm. work, what has been some of the developments, what have been some of, you know, yeah. yeah. I have so many stories, Sakina, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> but okay, let me, let, me, let me tell you this story. So fast forward to me doing all right in the industry uh, in about 2000 and I suppose 2006, because mm -hmm. I, I, my daughter was, was about, um, she hadn't turned one at the time. We went to Harare uh, on holiday. So we, we, I think I drove to Harare. I can't remember. Yeah, I drove and they flew in. But then... At the time, I was the voice for a channel uh, here, SABC One, basically. Yes. I was the channel voice. And so I needed to record weekly lineups. And I had already known that on, a, say, I think it was a Tuesday, I'd be recording. So my plan was uh, I'm going to fly in to South Africa, get a car from the airport, go to SABC, record the lineups, get a car back to the airport, and by evening, I'm back in Harare mm -hmm. and, and flying business class. And that was me getting to the studio to record this thing it was profitable you know obviously you know even after that i was still uh not in the red from that move but that sounds so old and archaic because part of the change in the industry is like right now after we finish this conversation i could record something in my studio and not have to fly but send it right across the world as as a wave file or an mp3 mm -hmm. or even connect to a studio in real time using source connect or vst performer like we do and all these other things so technology has really changed things you know to, in in that regard uh you can't tell somebody like you know i'm i'm taking time out i'm going to cape town to record a voiceover at a specific studio because yeah now that doesn't make sense you know mm -hmm. whereas back then it did so technology, I think, has been a key driver. The way COVID, for instance, uh, accelerated the way people or the industry has people recording from home studios. Um, sometimes I've got like good gear where I, you know, if I'm pushed and there's no time because I'm, I'm swamped with work, I might record from my car. And I've figured out how to make that recording work. It's not like I'm recording directly into a phone, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I'm watching a sports channel, you know, I won't say which channel. Which one? <laughs> with, my, yeah, with my stuff. And, and I see the ad playing and it's right before uh, Manchester United versus whatever game. 
And I'm looking at I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I recorded that in my car, the car park at the clinic, wow. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think technology has been a, a main driver. And what I've been doing of late is I go on to YouTube a lot to to hear what's happening. And then also sometimes uh, when opportunity allows travel overseas to attend conferences and so on. So there's one called VR Atlanta, which mm -hmm. happens in Atlanta. And then there's uh, one I attended uh, just this past December called That's VoiceOver in uh, LA. And, um, you know, the after the award, the conference, there was an award ceremony. So I also, for the first time, got some silverware in my hand. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. For, <laughs> for something. No, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, but but I suppose the essence is I, I make it a point to learn as much as I can because new things are happening. And if you rely on your information from 1999 mm -hmm. and think you'll be a success, in uh, 2023, 2024, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. You mm -hmm. need to be at, at the forefront of where the knowledge is. And so would you say that's that's how you've managed to keep yourself seasoned, how you've managed yeah. to keep yourself relevant? Because for more than two decades, I mean, of course, there were off seasons. Of course, there was this and that. But you've mm. managed to keep yourself steady and stable within the industry the, to the point where yeah. you're not just a voiceover artist or an MC or an anchor. You know, yeah. you, you have your own resources that you've put out there for other people to use to make the most of and to then also yeah. build their, their careers on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the elements, uh, definitely. Because say, for instance, we're based in South Africa, right? Mm -hmm. The industry that's ahead of us in terms of its movement and its motion is the US. Yes. And so if you see what's happening over there and start implementing some of those things, then when the next wave happens in SA, you already be at the, at the front of that queue in terms of your ability, in terms of your skill set, in terms of your knowledge. And that's to do more with tech. And also... With each recording, I mean, I've uh, obviously by this time done thousands upon thousands of recordings. With each one, you get better. Mm -hmm. And so you start understanding what's required of you. I mean, like yesterday, I did a recording for a client that I've been working with for the past maybe 15 years. Wow. And I saw the email thread and uh, I was saying, you know, joking to myself saying I should frame this because the one director who's based in Durban, I think, was very adamant. She put this long email saying that we need to work according to the timings of the, the guide voice because the graphics have already been done. And she was emphasizing, you know, like how important it is for us to watch these videos before we get into the session mm -hmm. and time them accordingly. And underneath, there was a one-liner from the, the director and his one-liner was, uh, Chilu's doing the voice, we'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. I, I looked at that and how deep that is because in, in the director's mind, we've done this so many times that he's got no concerns, no anxiety because this will be smooth because, you know, you're dealing with this dude who for 15 years has been, uh, you know, working and we've been doing a tango and, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing that thing. But I'm... Also improving each day, and I'm, I'm I'm alert to the fact that if I listen to a demo that I did or a recording rather that I did even what, what three four years ago, and I listen to it now, I'd be like, okay, I could improve this by doing A B C D. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think a curiosity in this industry uh, works, especially now that we're doing our own recordings. We have to do them at the same level in terms of production as the big studios because. If they say now we're open to home recordings during COVID, the industry will initially be very forgiving if you're sending them like whack quality audio, which mm -hmm. doesn't match what they usually work with 
because they're like, okay, you know, it's COVID, there's lockdown, people are recording from home. But then once COVID restrictions are lifted, once lockdown is over, you can't still be sending them that audio. And, That's and, you true. Know, I've, I've been privileged to, to be supplying good audio for a while, but th- then you kind of then have to think, if I've got enough to invest in, in a, a mixer or a sound interface that will cost me you know, a couple of thousand dollars so that I am still able to you know, be productive in that respect, then do that, you know, because mm-hmm. that's your, your business. Yeah. No, for sure. Did I, did I, did I answer your question, Sakino? Did yes, I just you digress did. and, no, you and, did. and babble? <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah, you're busy so thinking like, wait. You won't notice. We won't. <laughs> no, I promise. You actually right, cool. did answer you my question. So. You've been doing an, an awesome job of okay, answering phew. my questions. So some of the questions I even wanted to ask right, you answered right. before, you know, so and you tied them up quite well. So ah, now, so I preempted a bit. All right, exactly, nice. which is awesome. Makes my job a lot <laughs> easier. I want to get into yeah. the importance of maintaining these relationships. I can hear that throughout this thread, it's been mm. you met this person, you were in the right place at the right time. But for 15 years, you've been working for the same person. And I think being a young person during this very social media, everything is instant, everything is fast era, you know, the era of influencers and stuff like that. I think we get very carried away with quantity mm. we want to bag every single brand we want to work for everybody we want to be everywhere and anywhere at all times and i don't think yeah. we, we value relationships as much as we should or i don't think we understand how important yeah. it is to have these mutual relationships where it's not just about the business like it's not just like blake plugged me on this so i'm always just gonna you know go to blake just so that he can yeah. keep plugging me for stuff but it's a mutually beneficial relationship where you actually mm. build exactly. a real exactly. sustainable relationship so, so can you speak a little bit about that and how yeah. you have managed to maintain such relationships for such a long period of time. You're absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's a give and take uh, thing. There's some people who, when you see them call you, you're like, okay, what now? Because yeah. life has guys within your network who are takers mm-hmm. and you don't want to be that guy who's mm-hmm. like, oh, Chilu's calling, what now? And and so I find that over time, I've just been fortunate to be in good circles where you know people have good vibes, where sometimes it, it's not even about jobs. Sometimes we have just a, a great time. I did a, a, I wrote a book called Finding My Voice 2019, I think. Yes. And I needed to do an audio book for it. So I reached out to Adam Lomas and Adam and I have been collaborators from about 2002, actually, when I first did the narration for Coca-Cola Pop Stars, which is a reality TV show that was popping back then. And he was mm-hmm. doing the sound for it. And Adam says, come through to the studio and we'll do the audiobook there. So we, over a period of a few months, dedicated time where we were there and I'm reading this book. And I could see that he's understanding me more <laughs> with each page. Mm-hmm. And by the time we're done, you know, it's it's like you're, you're actually, even though we work together, I send work his way, he sends work my way. It's 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 a deeper level that you reach exactly. uh, with many other people. And the other thing that I do, and, you know, I've mentioned this a few times, so, I, you know, I don't feel bad about it, is I block some people <laughs> because Interesting. some people just have an energy and a work ethic that that just rubs yours the other way, you mm-hmm. know? So there's mm-hmm. some people who they'll bring work your way, but it's not, a, it's not all about the money. There has to mm-hmm. be like a respect and courtesy and all these good human things that mm-hmm. fall in the mix. So sometimes if, if, if I'm just kind of, you know, not feeling like I should explain myself as to why I'm cutting a tie, mm-hmm. I just block the number and, and I move on. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's happened a few times, particularly when I've not been with an agent, which has been, I think the past three years, because, some people just don't have that energy that will 
allow you to have peace. Mm-hmm. And, and I think people should should kind of realize that uh, it's not all about the money. If you miss an opportunity for you know I don't know five thousand dollars, there'll be another one. That's you know, true. If if you're if you're true to yourself and and your journey is authentic and and you believe in what you're doing. Don't fall for for certain things, you know, that you're you're worth more in terms of your, particularly your peace. Mm Because that's what it is all about at the end of the day. When you're on your deathbed, you won't be like, oh man, that client, you know, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's not going to matter in that moment. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Definitely. So would you say that you have refused certain jobs? I mean, besides the peace element of it have have there been times where you were just like listen this is great and i know that this is my career and everything but for the sake of my peace and my sanity and just me being able to deliver a certain level of quality on every job i can't do this yeah that that's happened quite a few times none specifically comes to mind and and i know like way back in the day about maybe you know 20 23 years into you know back in, in my career i used to have issues with certain products but not anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with, with time, you reevaluate and analyze certain things. So, so if it's a product category like alcohol, which back then I was like, no, I can't be doing an alcohol ad. Later on, you realize, you know, and you rationalize it uh, by yourself and, mm-hmm. and think, okay, no, I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, and for the record, alcohol ads pay a lot. And, <laughs> I would, uh, I, always, I would figure, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you the story. I've told the story a few times, but I'll try and tell it in like you know sixty seconds. I told you about when I met Adam. We did a series together called Coca Cola Pop Stars, mm-hmm. and that series was thirteen episodes. Each episode is one hour long, and I was you know green in the business at the time, so maybe it used to take us four hours to record per episode. And when we were done, you know, the amount that was agreed on was amount X. You know, mm-hmm. it had a couple of zeros at the end. Then fast forward a few weeks or months, my agent sends me to do an ad for Hansa, Hansa Pilsner. Mm-hmm. And the line was, Hansa Pilsner, refresh your soul. And I said it like a whisper. I did a few takes and that was it. That Hansa ad paid more than that 13, you know, episode. Yeah. So. That is yeah, tempting. Man, and, uh, yeah, then you just tie tie the church. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's easy. <laughs> Lest God strike me, but yes. yeah, you know. <laughs> You have to each person with their own journey. I mean, I know certain people who I was just watching a thing on Netflix where you know some people uh, in a prison had a riot where people died, and the reason they were rioting is because according to their religion they don't take alcohol, and they were meant to be given like TB vaccines, and the TB vaccines they said have an alcohol content. Wow! So they're so so against it. So I, you know, I'm making light of it, but I know that mm-hmm. there's some people who will radically oppose what I've just said, and True. You know, to each person their you know, own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I also agree with that because I was also like, mm. listen, where we are going with mm. this, and you know, when when you start associating with with certain people, certain brands, and stuff like that, I kind of yeah. don't want to do that either. But listen, yeah. some of them have non-alcoholic beverages now, so I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, there we go. Zero <laughs> percent like, alcohol. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just emphasis on that. I'm I'm willing to do that any day. So, I know. Yeah. I know. And it's it's interesting because I be, I remember back then how I used to kind of try and understand this stuff. You know, I was I was because you questioned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So one of the elders at our church when I was uh, still you know young in the faith back in the the nineties, one of the elders worked at a cigarette company, cigarette manufacturer. And so I used to think, but how does that happen? Doesn't that guy need to quit his work at the cigarette yeah. company? You mm-hmm. know, and and. 
you know, the, the things which are not black and white in life is what you realize later on. You know, but that's 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 my take. Yeah. No, that's true. That's very true. And um, yeah. I remember because we have this prophet that we, you know, used to watch and God rest his soul, he's passed now. Um, yeah. But he had, you know, the wise men of prophets in his church as well. And the one actually mm. said that we need to be like, let's stop being too holy. Like you don't yeah. step into a plane and think to yourself, wow, of what religion does the pilot like belong? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly, and I was like, exactly. that is so true. Like the people yeah, that are packing yeah. our food, the people that are making our food, we have no yeah. idea about that. But, you know, we want to be a little bit extreme, you know, when it comes mm, to certain mm. things. So it's like sometimes yeah. we need to to really reevaluate you know absolutely but, but again absolutely. to each their own and if you're yeah. not willing to work i know for sure that there's certain brands that i, I wouldn't work with hmm. but hey i'm not going to say that here because you never know you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we might have this conversation like in 10 years it'll be so i'd be like so <laughs> sakina <laughs> you, um, you know what happy yeah. was um <laughs> i mean sorry I, I know you're about to wrap but i mean like i'm just thinking for instance if there's a football tournament, uh, which there is, called the Carling Cup, mm-hmm. right? So it's sponsored by an alcohol brand, mm-hmm. but it's a sports event that you're you're doing the voiceover for. If you have issues with alcohol, will you say no to the Carling Cup sports promo for Supersport? You know, I'm just saying aloud mm-hmm. things that that you know uh, yeah. just kind of emphasize that things are not black and white. They're not. You know? Yeah, ultimately, I think it goes back to the peace element. If your heart is at peace yeah. with it, then do it. There we go. There yes. we go. Drop your mic. <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome. And Thank I just you. want to to wrap it up, you know, with you just giving us a little bit of a tip. Um, Of course, mm. you do have resources, like I mentioned before. You mentioned Finding My Voice, the book that you wrote. Um, you yeah. also have a YouTube channel. You have the voiceover plug, which is your very own podcast. So I definitely yeah. encourage people to go and listen to that and and use that. I think I've also been very much playing around with the idea that people have told me I have a, a good voice as well. Maybe I yeah. should, you know, try and and refine it and do something about it. And and that's the first step. I think if you listen to I think episode one of the voiceover plug, that's the the one of the things that I say that if people are telling you, then you you need to explore that mm-hmm. uh, because then they they might be hearing something that you're uh, which, not which might yeah mm. no for sure and what are some of the tips and tricks because you've been in the media industry in general so you've mm. you've seen voice you've been on tv and the whole nine yards and um, what are some of the tips that you would give to people that are coming into the media industry as a whole especially yeah. voiceover because sometimes we also see voiceover as a very not not elitist but mm. because it has been an established industry for quite a, some time there are certain voices and people that we constantly will hear and some of them are awesome yeah. so i can't blame you for bringing back this voice because they're just so good and they they're unique yeah. and they have that professionalism to them but for people that think okay listen i don't know how i'm going to break into the voiceover industry um there are already some you know some established people in there or how i'm just going to carry myself within the media industry and not get taken advantage of or just know how to navigate certain opportunities and not just be tricked by the exposure conversation you know what are some of the what advice would you have for them i think firstly find out as much as you can because now their resources online are plenty so you can do a deep dive and and start listening to podcasts i mean you said voiceover plug there are others as well. There's one by a guy called T-Code. If you're on AfriPods, I think, um, your, your podcast on AfriPods as well. You can find, I think if you search voiceover, you'll, you'll be able to, to um, you know, find other podcasts. Mm-hmm. But also just to realize that at the end of the day, we 
especially in the beginning, you have that imposter syndrome, like, do I belong? Do I, and, and sometimes directors take advantage of that with fresh talent. Yes. Uh, try to put them in a corner, try to kill your, your enthusiasm and your, what's the word? Um, anyway, they try to break yeah. it down. Yeah, confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they try mm-hmm. to kill your confidence. And that happens to all of us. But if you just keep going, realize that this is a long journey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be long if you decide to step into it. So get as much information as possible. Reach out to people that you look up to, not for a break, because I get a lot of people in my DM who are trying to get me to hook them up. And mm-hmm. it's it's not really my portion. My portion is to give you as much information, then it's your journey to hook yourself up is, is my feeling. But just widen your network and get as much knowledge as you can. Because at the end of the day as well, this is a business. Mm-hmm. So you might have a good voice, you might have passion for it, but if you just want to be heard on radio, eh. yeah. but if you, want, if you want to treat this as, as, a, as a business that will help you to unlock opportunities, put people through school, mm-hmm. buy property, cement your legacy, then there might be something in looking at, at it in, in terms of uh, uh, something that you can keep at for a very long time and, mm-hmm. and it will treat you well. Yeah. And so I know I said that was, you know, the end off. But no. but with the mentorship relationships, I, I think I'm, sometimes I'm also a little bit confused. Because again, you're not trying to look like, okay, listen, I'm just trying to come to you for the big break. I may not even be having that in my mind. It's just like, I want to be associated with this person. I want to tap into the reserve of mm. knowledge and experience that they have and the expertise yeah. and everything. So how do you then navigate that mentorship relationship? I can hit you up on LinkedIn or on Instagram, yeah. but then how do, you know, like, because you don't want to seem desperate. You don't want to seem like... Yeah. Leeching yeah. off of this person, yeah. but then how does it become a mutually beneficial relationship in that regard? I, I think by default, a lot of voice artists who are doing well have an inkling that they need to give back. You've spoken about the voiceover plug. That's the reason I started the podcast. You, you're in your forties in terms of episodes. I'm still on nine, <laughs> you know, because I, I should be doing more of them to to push out more info. But time mm-hmm. is is a challenge. Yes. But I'm open to guys. Um, sharing well i'm open to sharing information to guys through dms or whatever mm-hmm. what what i do find though is that there's certain people who will come to you or come to me and say how do you do abcd and then i say check out episode one of the podcast because i cover that mm-hmm. they're like okay cool and then they come back with another question like minutes later and i know they haven't listened you know yeah. because they've they, been like that thing that you described earlier on but voiceover artists are very keen on giving information, but mm-hmm. it's also up to the person who's starting out to try and figure out who the other stakeholders are in the industry because it's not Chilu who's going to hire you. Yeah, It's a, a voice, a, either a voice talent agency that will be looking for opportunities for you or it'll be a production house that will hire you or an ad agency. So you have to explore those realms as well to see who's doing what in those areas because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I can give you like a few names or encouragement or a few you know bits of direction, but it, it's up to you to to figure out how as as a person wanting to get into the industry, you will use that information in a sly way uh, because it, it it won't help you to go to an agent and say, "Here's my demo, can you sign me?" Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier on, agencies will just tell you I'm full. But if you take a different approach, um, like, you know, I've just done this number of jobs for my church mm-hmm. or I've just, you know, I've, I've got this paying client 
that wants to pay me, but I'm thinking that instead uh, you could do the invoicing for me if you're mm -hmm. cool with it. So you're, you're, you're kind of proving to the agency before they sign you that you're already a bankable person. Okay. Like what, whatever, whatever techniques you can use to just kind of stand out in terms of how you approach agencies, do that rather. And like I say, don't think like, you know, Chilu is, because I'm not an agent. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm limited in terms of how I can uh, help your bank account grow grow fatter other than mm -hmm. just give you knowledge. But the mm -hmm. guys who got the money, you need to seek them out and, and in a clever way, plug in and, and tether yourself to them. Awesome. So what mm. what is the plan then for the next decade for Chilulemba? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, you know, depending on which of my relatives are listening, because I can't tell you <laughs> too much about about all these financial things. But, you know, there's there's different areas of business that we have going. And, you know, like we've got a property uh, a business, which my wife is the one that's in charge of. I don't know what goes on in terms of the construction and whatnot, but she's, in, you know, doing that stuff. But in terms of me and my passions, right now I'm recording and, and from, from the podhouse. This is where I'm speaking to you from. And mm -hmm. we do podcasts for different people that want to do podcasts but don't have the gear um, and so we broke our arrangements and we've got a number of podcasts that are being recorded here and I'm finding that to be fun because mm -hmm. it's like an outlet where you connect with conversations great conversations like the one I'm having with you thank you thanks um, <laughs> and there's a, there's a vibe that that I just kind of like being a part of so um, that's what's partly keeping me busy and then after these the you know the award that I got last month there've been some conversations which I suppose are too early to divulge but mm -hmm. uh, yeah it, it might change things in the coming couple of years and we're looking forward to seeing all of that thank you so very much once again thank for you so much I appreciate time. it no it's been great thank you it has I been awesome it. thank you so yeah. very much and I'm so glad you said, let's go the spontaneity route and let's just have a good conversation. <laughs> After I said that to you, I thought, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> Maybe I should, I should send a, a text and say, listen, listen, I've changed yeah. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can send me question one, two, three. <laughs> and then we'll take it from there. No, nah, but it's been good. Yeah, it's been great to just kind of, you know, go in cold, as they say. Mm -hmm. So in voiceover, that's that's a term. We're going to read this script cold, mm -hmm. meaning no music, no nothing. We'll just read the script. Listen, yeah. I've taken a lot of tips and um, I think I'm ready to now explore that side. Do but it, do it. Yay! <laughs> Listen, when somebody that has more than 20 years experience says that to you, I think it's it's more than a green light. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm finally going to listen to all of those people that have been shouting it and shoving it down my throat for the yeah, past few yeah. years. So thank you no, once thank again. You. Thank you so also. much. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. It's the biggest pleasure. And thank you to everyone that keeps listening to the podcast, that stays connected, that tells a friend to tell a friend, uh, to tell a family member so that we can all make Sakina Speaks a household name. I hope you go onto Instagram. I hope you go onto the socials, Twitter, et cetera. In fact, go onto Instagram and click on Chilulemba's link tree and you'll get all the links to all his previous work, all his social media handles, his book, his podcast. And I know that you're going to be totally enriched. And of course, if anything else, he has an amazing voice and it's changing our lives like i was like this multi-choice voice and then i was like no man but i've heard this before i said romance piece i said come on there's a thread here there's something going on and i just i just love it and i was like i had to discover and i love the fact that it's you know it's not it's, it's an african voice it's it's a zambian and stuff it's just this beautiful collaboration of all of these countries and it's just a little piece of of the puzzle of just pan-africanism and the one united africa that we're all looking to have so i yeah. absolutely had to to jump on that opportunity to have him on the podcast and i'm so glad that that he agreed to it so for more conversations like these and you know for you to just 
get plugged um, to more people that are doing awesome, awesome things on the continent and beyond, please do continue to listen to the podcast um, on Instagram at Sakina Speaks underscore S-A-K-I-N-A S-P-E-A-K-S and you'll get all the information you need. You'll get snippets from previous episodes and episodes to come and I hope that you will stay and become a part of the fam. Again, Mr. Chilu Lemba's handle is Chilu, C-H-I-L-U-L-E MBA. There you'll see all of the awards he's won, all of the information that you need, and you'll be able to interact with him. As you can see, he's a very down-to-earth average Joe with an amazing voice. So <laughs> I know you're not going to go wrong by giving him a, a text or a shout. Take care, stay blessed. Sakina has spoken. Mm-hmm.